G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. I wonder whether you ever think about what you know and what you don't know and whether or not we're on a right path or whether we may be, in fact, on a wrong path. Perhaps even understanding this concept of what it is to know truth and proceed along a pathway that is truthful and a pathway that is righteous and filled with integrity, or whether you might feel as though that somehow or other you're on a path that is led by levels of deception. Now, this could be controversial today, but wonderful to be able to welcome back to the studio Dr. Camille Magdaly. Hello, Camille. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. Good to be with you yet Camille, again. Great to talk to you, and what a great topic to talk about with you, because oftentimes we talk about biblical truth, and of course there is truth in the Bible, but we're also aware there are things that are deceptive, and when we talk about deception, we're talking about lies, uh, and do we believe those lies? We all like to think we're smart enough to be able to discern, but there are often challenges. When we talk about this issue of deception, how important is that for us to understand there are things that are trying to deceive us? Okay, Neil, this is an incredibly important question. First of all, think about it. You go to a banquet and you are served the food and the drink. How important is knowing about deception? Well, just suppose somebody puts poison in the drink, and you drink it. Deception is like poison put in your drink and in your food. How dangerous is deception? Deception can lead to disaster. Think of the first couple, Adam and Eve. What happened to Eve? The serpent deceived her. What were the consequences? Well, in theology, we call it the fall of humanity. It was catastrophic. Sin, death, everything else. Now, that might seem like a one-off and and anything else that's deceptive doesn't have the same consequences. Actually, I beg to differ. Deception destroys. People are lost for eternity because of deception. Deception blinds. Deception misleads. And as I said, deception destroys. If you think I'm making a big deal about it, consider the words of the Savior. He's on the Mount of Olives. His disciples are really eager to see the end of the world and the coming of the Messianic kingdom. I think that's a very good expectation, of course, because in a Messianic kingdom, you don't have to worry about all the rubbish that we have in the current kingdoms, you know, the lies, the 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 corruption, the lack of justice, uh, all the nonsense that goes on in our current world, in a messianic kingdom, gone. So they want to know when this kingdom is coming. When are you coming, Lord, and when is this kingdom coming? This is Matthew 24. What, what are the signs of your coming in the end of the world, they ask. And you know what Jesus says? 
first thing, Matthew 24, verse 4, take heed that no man deceive you. Number one thing. You know what image comes to mind when you start to talk about uh, the banquet that you're at? And, uh, you know, are you about to drink something that is poison? And what image comes to mind is, you know, some of those old films where you'd see uh, a king uh, who has a tester because kings are often trying to defend their own position. And so there's a taste tester of the food. That was Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the cupbearer. That's what he did. Yes, there you go. Okay. Well, if you have a taste tester and they drink the wine or the cup before you do, but they drop dead, then you know that that's poison. So there is a way that you can discern by looking at what has happened in the lives of others. If we broaden that to an understanding of deception, is there a way that you can look at things that go wrong in people's lives to be able to perceive what's deception and what's not? Well, there are at least two well-known, or shall we say, two highly reliable mechanisms so that you can have discernment, because discernment is what we need in order to turf out the deception. Remember, deception is so bad, Neil. It is breaking hearts. It's destroying lives. It's condemning souls. It's that bad. One means of discernment, very crucial, is knowing the Word of God. Absolutely for sure. God's Word is a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. Ignorance of God's Word can be fatal in regard to this issue of being deceived. The other element I want to point out to, of course, is the work of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit is the discerning of spirits. This is something that the Holy Spirit does exceptionally well. You can look at somebody and think they are a Christian, but really they're a wolf in the sheep's clothing. There is no way in the natural to tell that they're a wolf because they they play the role so well. But the Holy Spirit has X-ray vision. He doesn't look on the outward appearance, but at the heart. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, you can turf out that wolf who dresses up like a sheep or a lamb versus the rest of the flock who are genuine. Camille, let's get a little bit controversial for a moment. What are some of the practical deceptions we ought to be on the lookout for? Uh, What sort of things do you feel that... Uh, people who are now there's a differentiation here isn't there those who are outside of the church not heard the gospel yet well it's easy to say well there might be a deception there which is keeping them from recognizing the truth but I, I suspect when we talk about deception we're talking about believers people who are within the body of Christ who need to be aware of the deceptions that we are prone to what sort of deceptions ought we be looking out for Good question, Neil. First of all, the possibility of believers being deceived is clear in Scripture. The possibility. Why else would Jesus say this statement in Matthew 24, 4, take heed that no man deceive you? He's talking to believers. And of course, the Apostle Paul says the same thing in Second Thessalonians, uh, I believe it's chapter 2. Let no man deceive you by any means. 
So that we could be deceived is a possibility. But basically, in his mercy, God is warning us of this possibility. Early warning is a sign not just of mercy, but of love of God. Because if you heed the early warning, then you can go to higher ground and be safe. All right, so what are some of the things? First of all, there can be the bold-faced lie, deception. That one, hopefully, you know enough scripture to see it for what it is and dismiss it. But understand that a lot of deception is far more subtle, just like the serpent in the garden. The serpent in the garden, unlike snakes, you know, today, some people, many people actually have snake phobia and all that. Well, back then, it wasn't so bad, right? (laughs) A beautiful creature that could talk. But anyway, more subtle. It either takes God's word with a twist or it takes God's word like, did God really say? And, you know, I'm hearing this a lot now. Did God really say or did God really mean what is written in the Scripture? Did he really mean it at face value? Is, there, is it better understood in an allegorical or spiritual sense? Did God really mean that? Did he really say that? Those questions sound innocent. They sound legitimate. But just like the serpent in the garden, they are deceptive. The other thing to watch out for is that the spirit of deception, because I believe that's what we are facing, not just normal lying and mendacity and half-truths, a spirit of deception. What it does, it takes truth and adds a little poison to it. Now, in my opinion, no amount of poison is acceptable. I mean, it's all bad. But you, you because it has enough truth in it, because it comes under a banner of Christian, maybe it comes from a Christian bookstore or comes from a Christian pulpit or something, then we assume it must be safe. It must have the heart tick of approval. Maturity in the spiritual realm has discernment. It's not that we're cynical. It's not that we're paranoid. We are mature and discerning. We must measure things up both by what the full Word of God teaches as well as what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. As you say these things, I'm thinking, how does this apply to issues like my money? How does this apply to things like my marriage, my family and the way that I raise them, my work ethic, things like the way that I use my time and my finances by way of stewardship and the challenges that consumerism face? Is it a case that we can apply these biblical truths to every area of our lives? The answer to your question is 100%. Biblical truth is not just good for the world to come. It's good right here and now. Everything we do can be guided by biblical truth. Everything. Our family life. Our finances. The Bible has a lot to say about finances. In fact, it's amazing how very utterly simple biblical financial precepts are, and they will work, and you will prosper without fail. When I say prosper, I'm not saying you're going to be, you know, J. Paul Getty or something. What I'm saying is you will prosper in body, mind, and soul. You'll have everything you need. You will lack for nothing. It will help you in relationships. It will help you in your career. It'll help you with your personal issues and baggage because we all have something to overcome. 
How else are we going to be an overcomer and get the rewards thereof? Yes, everything in life can be guided by biblical principles, but always remember, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, teach you, and remind you. Let me take you another step deeper when we talk about deception, as I think of issues to do with my attitude to the local church, to the mission endeavor that God has called us to, to my attitude towards service, not only within my church context, but my service to others who might be my neighbor, and my attitude to leadership. These sorts of things, we can very easily be deceived and taken to a wrong direction as well. We live in a fallen world, Neil, and so deception is part of the package. It was part of the package from the Garden of Eden all the way till now. The good news is a new world is coming, and in the new world, these things will be no more. In the meantime, we've been given sufficient warning by the Lord to let no one deceive us. Obviously, we have to take responsibility as part of our maturity. Maturity and responsibility go hand in hand. Take responsibility that we're not deceived because God does hold us responsible for these things. And what it really boils down to is your walk with God in the Word, in the Spirit, in fellowship. Camille, it really relates to every area of our lives, even to our civic responsibility, our attitude to the ethical challenges that a nation might be facing, the ethical challenge within the school that our children attend, the ethical challenge to the broader, bigger issues that the nation is facing at this time, and even to our care for the poor, our attitude toward refugees, all of these issues, so easy to be deceived and yet to recognize that there is a biblical standard of righteousness sometimes escapes us. And I really appreciate your insights today. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing you again a little later on Faith and the Future. But Dr. Camille Magdaly from Teach All Nations, simply Google Teach All Nations to find Dr. Camille Magdaly's website and find out what he's up to and the, uh, and the resources that you can access. Camille, thanks for being with us again on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.